Hello, listeners, and welcome to A Mommy Minute with AP and Pat. I'm your co-host, AP. And this is your co-host, Patrick Crawford. So, Pat, can you please tell the moms and dads out there who we are and what this podcast is about? In short, we're just two dads trying to understand the world of moms. And we're also two dads that are married. But not to each other. (laughs) These other things are burned down. And not only that, it's like the uptown where a lot of people go to shop and buy clothes and things like that. A lot of those buildings were broken into and and, uh, and burned. You know, the Wells Fargo my parents go to is burned out. It's, it just, when I drove through yesterday, just driving through my area, just driving through that radius and just looking at all the stuff that was burned down, it's, it's crazy. But at the, at the same time, it was needed. And I'm just being honest, it was needed. There were a couple of places that were burned down that I knew didn't come from people here. You know what I'm saying? I knew that none of us would have touched a couple of places. And that's why the narrative kind of switched last night. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Thanks for plugging into another episode of Mommy Minute. This is your co-host, Pat Crawford. And there's your other co-host, AP. And as you can tell, we have two guests with us. And before we begin to the guests, you can tell we're, we're adding some, some more to our, our toolkit, if you were. It's new. Uh, it's new. We got the video coming out. Uh, it's Have new look- for us. So we're trying to play around with this, see what's going on. Got the podcast, yeah. the audio. We also have the, the video to, to marry that. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. All right. So uh, in, in true form, you, you know, typically on Mommy Minute, we, we like to highlight moms and just the whole culture around that. But we would be extremely dismissive if we did not talk about what's going on amongst the black culture, the black uh, families, the black community, and so on and so forth. So to wrap up the month of May, if you know, if you kind of keep up with the different trends that are going on, the month of May was highlighting self-care and what that looks like to different demographics, right? So we wanted to take it back and focus on, on the black community and specifically black men. So we have two guests with us. Uh, introduce yourselves. We appreciate y'all being here. Start with you, Sid. My bad. Introduce yourself, Sid. Okay. Yeah, I'm Sid. Uh, uh, I also go by the name Sid Linus. I rap, produce. Uh, I got my own um, delivery business. Born and raised in Virginia Beach. Live in Minneapolis now. Mm. Um, and yeah, man, just uh, I, oh, I got a, a show called Let's Argue. That comes on uh, every Monday morning on uh, in uh, Minneapolis. There's also a podcast or whatever, and I'm trying to do some things with with some media stuff. I can let y'all know about that a little bit, but yeah, man, I'm just happy to be on, man. Thanks for having me on. No doubt, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate you. Keem, talk to me, man. Cool, cool. Uh, what's going on, everybody? I'm Akeem Jones. I'm a certified public accountant by trade. Um, I have a business called The Solutions Group, where we try to provide free financial education uh, to the people, uh, really just help you get your finance up, uh, dabbling real estate investing, a little bit of stock investing. Um, yeah, so me, I'm just, I'm just all, all things finances, um, and, and I'm currently in the 75 uh, Virginia, Norfolk, to be exact. No doubt, no doubt. And so we're, we're changing the form a little bit. You know, typically when we hear these podcasts, you know, with Mommy Minute, it's, it's Q&A, question and answer. 
where we're kind of interviewing people and so on and so forth. But we really wanted to step back and create a, an open platform for just peer conversation, right? Because this is one of those topics and just the, the climate of what's going on right now is, uh, I, I think especially amongst us, but black men, you know, we don't have those opportunities to just to, you know, shoot it, just to sit down and say, yo, this is what's going on right now. So, so let, let me back up and I'm gonna ask each of you a question. You know, we, we call this the, the mental health check, if you will. How are you doing right now? Like, where are you mentally? What's going on? In fact, AP, I'm gonna start with you. Um, man, so I was talking to Akeem and uh, a little earlier, and I just really started to look at the riot part of everything that's happening. Um, I did see the video. I saw that I want to say a couple of days ago, and it took me a while to see it. You know, it. it, it I knew it was gonna be tough to watch. But um, I think I owed it to, to George to look at it. Um, and I think I, I think I owe it to my family to look at it, right? Yeah. As, a, as, as a black man, as a black father, like George was, you know, a lot of thoughts always go through my head. On one of our podcasts, when we were talking about Ahmaud Aubrey, you know, I, I also told y'all about a situation that happened when I was running through a pretty affluential neighborhood and, you know, a cop came up behind me. And that was really the first time that I realized that no matter how many degrees, um, no matter what type of entrepreneur path you're on, um, none of that matters at that moment. You know, the only thing that matters is that person behind the badge and what his mindset is, where his heart is. And, you know, it took me it took me a while to kind of get that here because I, I would always try to not create a separation, but I guess, yes, I guess try to create a separation. Well, you know, they would get the wrong person if they would try to come after me. You know, I don't, I, I have one speeding ticket and that was when I was 17. So, you know, they they would never do that to me, right? But that was foolish thinking, that was delusional. And I was in denial because in America, you know, although as black men specifically, you know that these things happen and that these things have always happened, but you always look for the optimistic part of life. Um, you always look for, you know, different uh, positives. And the one positive that I chose to look for was that, you know, something like that I, I could never be taken away from my family due to, you know, um, uh, police brutality. But that day showed me different. So, you know, watching the video, um, it, was, it, it was a bit of a trigger, I guess, watching it and seeing the type of, of heartless uh, look that this cop had on his face while he had his knee on George Floyd's neck. And it bothered me it bothered me a lot and i but but i had to um you know i had to kind of balance it out and i know we're going to talk more about that with the whole, whole self-care thing so right now today i i'm you, you know I, I was telling you pat that here it is it's a sunny day outside 72 degrees here beautiful it's been raining for three weeks and yet my mind i can't really think about the day because there's so much going on especially within our community so um, the, the purpose and well, the goal is to, you know, 
try to figure out some type of solution for this because we can't right. keep going back to this, right? right? So to answer your question, I'm, I'm good, but I need to be better. Respect. Respect. Yeah. Can you say, I'm coming back to you. Uh, for, for obvious reasons, Kane, what, what, how about you, man? You know, we've, we've had some conversations. We were texting just about just the current events, man. Um, right. where, where, where are you right now, man? Where are you mentally? Yeah, so mentally, like in, in, in my personal life, I'm, I'm straight. You know, um, I'm extremely blessed. I, I, you know, my family's healthy. Uh, we're, you know, we're in the crib. Everything's going as, as well as possible with COVID. We're both still working. You know what we're just as blessed as can be um on the, on the, the current recent event standpoint um i'm different man like i watch the videos i watch the protests i watch uh what people say about it from one side and the other um you know about it um i'm obviously upset about it but i i also know that there has to be a concerted effort toward a solution to the problem. And I think what I'm indifferent about is everything kind of comes down to a circumstance, right? So when you make general statements, it's, it's usually out of an emotional standpoint. You're so angry that you say, you know, F the police, right? But I think today I can say, like, I can say to y'all, you know, F the police, blah, blah, blah. But if I go outside and, and walk around the corner, my neighbor is a cop. He got his daughter out there, you know, playing. His daughter hands me a flower. It's not F the police anymore, right? It's F the police. Yeah. It's yeah. one guy and his really nice daughter, right? Yeah. So I'm indifferent in that. I'm, I'm angry at the, the current events, but I also know that I have to target my anger and where I have to target it is, is finding a solution and having these meaningful conversations and turning these conversations into some type of some type of action. But I think overall, good man, I'm blessed, um, but I'm also indifferent and I also want to be part of the solution instead yeah. of talking about the problem. No, I, I love that, man. Uh, when, when everything first happened, I'll be completely transparent, man. My, my wife was asking me, uh, what are your thoughts on everything? And in different ways, it's not even probably even the right way to categorize it. I was just numb. I was numb to it. I was like, All right, here we go again. Another situation, right? I didn't want to watch the video because all it does is just fill me up and then you get, you get angry and, and you don't know how to target it or whatever the case is. So I was just, I was just numb. <clears throat> But it wasn't until you know, she's asking all these questions. I couldn't give her a valid answer. It wasn't until I called AP, and I was like, and he and I started rapping about it, and that's when things started flooding out. Like, like what, like what's happening right now? Like with us, right? Like why are we targets? Why is why is it this way after all these years? Why is it still happening to us, right? And then immediately I went into retreat mode in the sense of all I wanted to do is just hold my family, like straight up. It was when it, when it happened, Stone and I were in the living room and the kids were all around us. And I, this is what I told her, I said, yo, tonight, I don't want to watch any TV. I want to put the kids down. And I just want you and I just to, just to like literally hold each other and just talk. I went straight to like protective to make, to make sure that my wife knows that I'm here for you. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't, I don't it's, it's, you, you can't fathom like how it feels to continuously see this. When I say them, some of the other people who are you know, outside of my race continuously see this 
and to know that we have a target on our back. And there's this term that my boy Phil used to always say, you know, we used to be safe black where, you know, we have so many degrees. I have, I have three degrees in cert, you know, certifications and, and the yada, yada, yada. And you would think, oh, he's good. But he could, he could go into any social circle and be safe. Not anymore. Like, is, is, is now you're almost looking at it as in, or do they view the same way? Do they value you the same way that you value yourself? And apparently right. it, the answer is, 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 is no, you know, according to, to what's going on. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot, man. Said, talk to me, man. What's good with you? Well, well, before, before. Oh, said, talk. AP, what's up? No, I, because I want to, I, I want everybody to really understand the importance of Cedric being on here. Um, he is right in the heart of everything. Um, yeah. and I know he's, he's going to really get into it a little bit, you know, later, but he is right in the heart of everything firsthand. And I remember the same day that that happened, I just sent said a text. I was like, said, you good. And when yeah. said responded, you know, like me and, and said, we've known each other for gosh, almost 20 years. He was in, he was in my wedding and Normally, I would back and forth is a lot of banter, a lot of joking, you know. But at that time, it was none of that. Everything was just about that moment, man. And um, I thought about that, said after me and you text, and I, was, I was talking to my wife, Amy, about it. And, you know, I was just like, let's just, let's just continue to pray for said because he's literally yeah. right there, right there on the front line. So I just wanted to say that before said actually comes on and, and uh, starts talking. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. It's, it, it, I mean, it's my neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? It, like, if it, it truly is my neighborhood. Like, like the area where he um, was killed at is no more than four minutes away. You know what I'm saying? From where I stay at, the Target and the, the Third Precinct and all of that is no more than five, six minutes away. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's actually the closest target too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so a lot of people that's in my neighborhood and where I'm at are really affected because the bus lines don't run uh, anymore. You know what I'm saying? And then the the local target they go to and the local Dollar Tree and a lot of these other things are burned down. And not only that is like the uptown where a lot of people go to shop and buy clothes and things like that. A lot of those buildings were broken into and and uh, and burned, you know, the Wells Fargo my parents go to is burned out. It's, it just, when I drove through yesterday, just driving through my area and just driving through that radius and just looking at all the stuff that was burned down, it's, it's crazy. But at the, at the same time, it was needed. And, and I'm just being honest, it was needed. There were a couple of places that were burned down that I knew didn't come from people here. You know what I'm saying? I knew that none of us would have touched a couple of places. Mm. And that's why the narrative kind of switched last night about yeah. what was actually going on. Because right. I knew that people from outside of this community had burned down a few things in the community that people in the community would have never touched. Mm. But before like night four, I felt like I felt like everything that was done was absolutely needed. And the reason why I was never out there on night one and, and most of night two is because I told myself, I marched during Jamar Clark. I marched during Philando Castile. I marched for a few other brothers that, that, that got killed uh, for no reason by the, uh, 
Minneapolis Police Department. And um, I told myself just out there marching with a sign and everything like that, it does nothing. All they do is just wait for you to get done marching and then they go back to regular business. Yeah. So I knew, yeah. so I always knew that the only way that we would actually get the attention that would that, that is deserved for those type of acts is to start hurting the city with money and burning stuff down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think just with the pandemic going on and a lot of people being out of work and school being out, and a lot of people unemployed, people were just fed up with 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 everything, man. And so it was just the right mixture to just make it blow, man. And you know, I hate to say it, but I hate, and I hate to see my city like this, but you know, sometimes you got destroyed to rebuild, and this is just a part of the process. So let me let me ask you this, Ed, because you right. you brought up a a, a pretty um, important part point when you were talking about the protests and you know, trying to be peaceful and, and trying to make it work that way. But then all of a sudden, you know, another thing happens and then you realize, man, you know, uh, being peaceful may not be the answer, you know. So then there's the riot part, right? Where now it's like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to burn down businesses. I'm going to burn, I, I'm going to, I'm going to hit your pocket, which is when you look at revolutions and America understands this with the uh, Boston Tea Party, like we were talking about earlier, you know, you know, when revolution starts, the, 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 the one thing you want to do, you need to hit the, the pockets, the bags, right? Um, but you also said that some of the businesses that were destroyed weren't done by your community. And I was looking at a video today that I was talking to Pat about. And in the video, there's a guy with a with a gas mask and he was just breaking windows and you saw um, some people run up to him and ask him like, Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then once he saw that, and again, he had, he had this gas mask on, he had a, a hoodie on. So, you know, he was making sure that nobody knew who he was. Now, of course, mm -hmm. people are uh, speculating that maybe that was a police officer. Right. right. Um, but nobody has really come out and said that for sure. So the people that uh, destroyed these businesses that were outside, uh, do you think there were any uh, police officers or were they just um, like outside, out, out of towners, just trying to stir up, stir up trouble? I think it could be a mix of both, man. I think it could be a mix of both. Um, I, I, I do know for a fact that a lot of people that got arrested were not from Minnesota, period, let alone Minneapolis. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and uh, a lot of the um, the burning down, a lot of the breaking of windows and stuff like that was done by white kids. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, so it's almost like it was cool as long as you burning down AutoZone and Target. But once you start to get to, you know what I'm saying, a lot of like the black staples of the community, then you you can't do that. that. That's why I think black people need to be standing in the front of these things, especially when these things happen in our community. We need to be at the forefront. We can't be just out there. We got to be the ones that's directing what, what goes on. Because I think with Minneapolis being predominantly white and the surrounding suburbs being predominantly white, 
it kind of gets to a point where it's like, it's more white people out there than black people. And it's hard to gauge what's really going on. What's the, what's the really, what, what, are, what is everybody really out there for? You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So, but man, I mean, like I go back to it, man. It's like, this is what had to happen. It really would. If you look at Minneapolis, man, it's like, we have the biggest disparities as far as like, um, as far as uh, home ownership and the renting, uh, uh, the uh, renting amounts is crazy. The homelessness is crazy. Uh, gentrification ha- has run rampant in Minneapolis. Uh, the public, uh, uh, the amount of money allotted to the public schools in different areas is crazy. It, 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 there's a really a big racial divide in Minneapolis, man, and it shows. Yeah, I think, I think honestly, I think Minneapolis was a, a tipping point because as soon as that started happening, all the different disparities, you started seeing a trend on other cities, right? Um, yeah. we're, we're in Hampton Roads, and you know, hey, 757, Norfolk right now was, was doing protests last night and then even trickled over to Suffolk, Newport uh, News. Richmond, Newport News, yeah. uh, Richmond, our capital was pretty major in, in Richmond. I mean, to the point to where um, they're at the point of Minneapolis is burning down buildings and, and making sure that their voices are heard. So there's so many emotionally, like people are just emotionally charged right now. There's so much going on, but I think the catalyst to your point is, you know, something had to happen. Right, something had to happen. Whether you believe in pro- protest or riots, whatever the case is, something had to happen. So we, the voices had to be elevated, and this is just how it how it came out. And 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 really, there there is no right or wrong answer, right? And and, right. and me, I'm on the I'm I'm more I'm all right. Just to talk about the different two, I'm more Martin Luther than Malcolm X, right? I'll be I'll be. I'll be the first to say it. Everybody that knows me already knows it. So if I come on here and say something different, then I'm not, I'm not being genuine. So I'm more Martin Luther than Malcolm X. However, I also understand Malcolm X, right? I understood a lot of the things that he was, he was saying, right? So, so there is no right, right or wrong answer. But the one thing that I, I see, whether it's a peaceful protest or a riot, the one thing that's not in place in any of these cities is there's no plan of action, right? So this has been going on for a long time, right? And, and there needs to be a plan of action in place. Okay, so when this happens, if we choose to riot, then we know these businesses that are staples in the community, we need to have people out there protecting those businesses, right? We need to have people there making sure that they are in front of these stores, making sure that they don't get destroyed. You know, also there needs to be ambassadors, people in the forefront, making sure that the right narrative can be the only narrative and nothing can be confused, right? Or if we choose to have a peaceful march, again, there has to be a plan of action in place. You know, it's, uh, it's too fragmented, it's too chaotic and people are, are and, and when there's no plan, then you can only think in your emotions. And when you are thinking with your emotions, you're only thinking in the moment. Like nothing else matters. Tomorrow, tomorrow doesn't matter. The moment matters. And, and that's, that's dangerous when you're thinking in the moment. And that's why, you know, I'm glad that all, all of us are on because I think that it is time for us as, as black. And I, I want to say this, and I, and I, I say this proudly, yeah. educated black men, because 400 years ago, you couldn't say that. 
right? Um, now, you know, we can say this as educated black men, you know, I feel like it's time for all of us to be able to come together and start creating some solutions for this and really have the power of one voice. So when things happen, everybody knows it's like a trigger, boom, and everybody knows what to do and everybody's moving as one person, whether we decide to be peaceful with it or, or whether we decide to protest. What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts, King? Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm glad said, 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 he, said what he said, because I'm, I'm kind of, when, when it first happened, I, I was kind of on the same, same boat. I was like, bro, like, the, the peaceful protest, that joint don't seem to work. Bro. Like, like, Martin was as, as, as peaceful as it, as it could have got from a very polarizing figure standpoint, and they shot him, right? So I was like, I was like yo, you got to turn it down. You got to do what you got to do. Um, but, and, and that was going to be one of my, um, as we, as we talk, I'm kind of taking notes of questions that I want to kind of ask you guys. And that was going to be one of my questions, like violence or, or not, like, is we going to do it peaceful or is it going to be violent? Um, I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, AP in that, like, um, I think at, at, at the heart, I'm more of Martin than I am Malcolm. Um, I, I think when we talk about solutions, I'm going to say, let's all let's all sit down let's get the the leaders of the norfolk pd to sit down with us let's get some people from the neighborhood maybe some people from the gangs their parents all let's all sit down talk about both sides and come to a solution but i, I think from an emotional standpoint i'm like bro like if we if we got to make moves tonight bro just go burn it down like, mm -hmm. yeah. They yeah. They, it, it seems like they don't hear the peace and um Malcolm had a quote that said, um, when somebody only understands violence, when they communicate in violence, you can't come to their front door with peace because they don't understand They don't it. understand it. Communicate. You have to come yeah. to their front door with violence because that's how they communicate. Yeah, well, I, go ahead. Go ahead, Pat. No, I, I'm just going to say, as you were speaking, AP, I, I legit, I'm on the fence. I can't subscribe to either one. I'll be quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to say at heart, I'm, a, I'm you know, Martin Luther King, you know, I'm a Christian, faithful man, but I understand what is happening right now. I'll be completely frank with you. And I can't say I subscribe to one over the other. Um, I can't say I'm, I'm circumstantial. Let me put it that way. If right. it comes to an impasse where I have to make a decision and it's for the protection of my family or my life, then you already know what time it is, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. agreed. But it, it's just it's just one of those things, man. Is and we'll we'll, we'll get into the because Sam made made a good point as far as like getting into the economics behind it, right? But came saying no, he he was peaceful. MLK was peaceful. Then they shot him. But the reason why they shot him is because it wasn't because I have a, a dream uh, speech. It wasn't because of that. Because even midway through the speech, he was making changes. They have notes of him physically making changes to the notes as he was speaking. It was because the next one coming up was about equality and equity. That's the one they didn't want black people to hear. Right. So they felt they caught right. wind of that. And so yeah, we gotta cut we gotta nip this in the butt before people start to hear this. Same with JFK. They they hit him yeah. up when he starts to want a new world order. Man. They, they, and hit then they hit him up. Hit him they, up. They, quick. They hit him up a thousand percent. So it wasn't because nah, of what they gotta get you out of here. Yeah, you got you gotta go. Mm -hmm. Like straight up. But AP, go go with your question though. I know no, you have a question. So so I was gonna I was gonna say just just uh listening to um you know Keem. It's uh, if you if you look at the history of the whole civil rights movement, and again, 
like I said, I'm more MLK. Like Pat said, it's due to it's due it's due to Christ, right? You take away Christ, you take away you know Martin Luther. Like straight up, I, I'm just being honest, right? Because then I, I'm I'm thinking completely differently, right? So there's 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 always those two sides just just fighting together. But if you look at the history of the civil rights movement what you understand is that there were two different movements trying to happen at one time, right? There was Martin Luther King uh, trying to be peaceful and get everybody to the table and build them up on hope and aspirations. But then there was the younger group, there was a younger movement who had come to the table and said, hey, you know what? We're gonna start from the South and we're gonna go to, and we're gonna march to DC. And on that march, we're burning everything down, right? So uh, DC got wind of this and they had to get Martin into the room. They, uh, they, everybody had a talk and that's when they were able to get to the Capitol. But think about what happened when they got to the Capitol, right? Everybody looks back at that day and they think it's a, a glorious day. What I see is a completely controlled day. Because yeah. ima imagine this, if I'm marching somewhere in the summertime and it's hot, when I get there, I'm angry because I'm agitated. Yeah. It's hot, right? Um, what they did is they sent out these air-conditioned buses, right? So if I'm on an air-conditioned bus, I'm chilling. Um, yeah. What they also did was they, when they got off the bus, where do you think those signs came from? They didn't come with the signs. When they got off the bus, they were given signs. They, they were also told how long they had to be there and songs were chosen to sing and the song that i think is so detrimental to us has been we shall overcome now that's a good song you know I, i've sung it in church quite a few times but it says someday right someday can be ten thousand years from now we're right? still saying someday we're still right. Saying yeah, yeah, yeah right someday, right right you know? and that's right. why when i i think about that song I hate that song because it doesn't give me anything right now. It creates a, a future for a different generation and not this one, you know? And then after everything was over, they, uh, you know, they gave them a time limit. Everybody got back on the bus and peacefully left. So did anything really change or did they understand that, you know, something, something else was getting ready to happen. So then they had to control the narrative. And that's what I always see anytime something happens is that narrative being controlled. People, people think seeing it, I, I hate the news, right? Because I think everything, is, they, they all have their own agenda. And I'm neither Democrat nor Republican. You know, I listen to Democrats and I, you know, it sounds good. It sounds like Democrats are, for black people, but when you really dig into it and look at it, they're really not. Republicans, you know, for the most part, tell you exactly what they are and what they're what they aren't for. My thing with a solution, I know I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit, is it wouldn't matter what the party was if all black people were united underneath one voice. Because if you are united underneath one voice, not two, not three, not four, but one voice then we sit and we listen to the democrats and we hear what they have to say uh-huh okay gotcha okay yeah then we go to the republicans we listen to the republicans we see what they have to say mm -hmm. okay gotcha but 
they know that real change has to now happen because they 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 have no longer divided us right um right now everybody within the black community we're still divided so i'm glad that we're also having this talk because i'm so excited for us to start getting to solutions on how to fix this thing because i have a son pat has a son i know keem has a son as well and when they get to this stage um things have to be different things have to be yeah i was telling ap man the changes that we want right now as much as our you know we're we're out here and doing everything fighting the good fight right the changes we're probably going to see are going to be generations past us that's that's just that's just how it is right mm-hmm. uh, i i pray that we do see it or at least we start to see the apex of some things happening right Right. But we're, we're really making this fight for our children and their children and so on and so forth. Because these are changes that happen over generations, decades, and, and so on and so forth. And I, I don't know, man, it would be, it would be, it, it's one, it's, it's a, it's a truly selfless relationship with that, with destiny, because you know you're doing it, not for your own gain or your own benefit, you're doing it for the next generation to come. Mm-hmm. So, so said, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, man, because you, you're in the heart of it right now. Like, what, what, what is... If you could just like surmise just what's going on right now, could could, could you could you kind of wrap that up? I, I want to because I, I know we're talking philosophies and ideologies from just different people, but like you're you're there, you're blocks away from what's going on right now. So like, what's the climate? I know I know this rage, I know this hatred, and so on and so forth. But like, what are you seeing from like a grounds perspective of what's going on down there, or any any even like solutions that you know the news down there locally are talking about? Anything at all? Um. Well. Uh... What I've seen the last couple of days, I, I, I've seen, um, well, pretty, pretty much, I think, uh, what was it, uh, two nights ago, some stuff got burned down that, you know, we didn't want burned down, and we knew didn't come from us. And so the narrative started to switch but, uh, from, uh, from just like, you know, us, be, us being against the cops to there's some outside uh, infiltrators that we need to stop from building, from burning down some sacred things we have in our neighborhood. So I felt like last night, in a weird way, it almost seemed like the police and the National Guard, and then like some black folks was on the same side a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, as weird as it seems, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it was like we all was trying to protect uh, um, something, you know what I'm saying? Something in our neighborhood or whatever. But during the day, man, it's been a lot of like protesting. Uh, yeah. Still during the day, a lot of people coming together during the day, and it's been a lot of people out cleaning up. People going to yeah. people just picking up brooms and and mops and stuff like that, and just going to whatever business near them, and just sweeping up stuff, man. And it's like the place yeah. I went to uh, today um, was a middle school, and they had asked for. I think like 150 bags of groceries to be donated so they could keep like a lot of the kids around that, that area that go to that school from starving or whatever. Man, they got like 10,000 bags. I, I mean, I've That's never amazing. seen so many groceries love, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in one spot, man. And so because me and, uh, we, me and my brother, we both got cargo vans and stuff. We drove over to the, uh, and I, my wife was with me too. We drove over to the middle school, man, and just filled up our, uh, filled up our van. Now, about two or three blocks away from me, there's a corner that's notorious for, um, 
there's like a rehabilit a drug rehabilitation clinic or something over there. And the area is always, um, you know, drug ridden, you know, people trying to get off of drugs, you know, there's a lot of, and there's a lot of people just out there all the time. And so we was like, yo, these people need to eat too, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the first stop, the first stop we did, man, was a few blocks from where I stay. And we dropped that. We, and there was already some people out there and they had a few groceries, but they, it looked like they was going to be out there all day. They had a few groceries they had bought, but they, they were looking to give back, man. And we came with a cargo van full of groceries mm-hmm. over there, man. And, uh, and uh, when we had doubled back, man, it's like a lot of them groceries was gone. People were coming and getting that stuff, and so we so we went back and we got some like Pampers and some uh, you know, some women products and stuff like that, and we brought them right back over there, man. So there's a lot of community I love right that, now man. of people yeah. helping each other out, man. Mm-hmm. And another po- uh, point I want to make also too with the Martin and uh, Malcolm thing, man, is that I look at it different, man. I don't think Malcolm was about violence either. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 see, I look at violence as like, yo, like I'm gonna go punch somebody in the face. Mm-hmm. If somebody punch you in the face and you gotta preserve your life, that's self defense. That's self preservation. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I feel like where we at now with the police brutality is self preservation because mm-hmm. out here, man, you got the uh, the leader of the police union, uh, Bob Crow. Who's a racist? Is 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 known that he's a racist. We got the district attorney, Mike Freeman, who's a racist. Mike Freeman has never prosecuted any cop for doing anything excessive or any police brutality, except for the black cop who shot the white lady. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Right. He was arrested right. the same day. He was arrested the same day. Yeah. That that yeah. cop, the black cop, was arrested the same day. Right, right, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so what I think is that there's a working relationship between yeah. the police union and Mike Freeman. We're like, yo, we help you keep getting elected. You help keep our guys out of out of jail. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, it's, and it's like, so, so that's a system. Anytime mm-hmm. you see a cop with his knee on the guy's neck for 10 minutes and there's three other cops there who do nothing about it and participate in it, that's a system. Yeah. Anytime you have a cop who's had 18 complaints and has shot at three different people before, you know what I'm saying, and, and he still got a job, that's a system. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. So there's systems in place that allow this to keep going on. And Absolutely. I guarantee you, if we wouldn't have burnt down stuff, there still wouldn't be any charges. We yeah. burned down stuff, and there's still only a charge for one of the cops. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so it's like, at this point, man, we, we are under self-preservation you know what that, i'm saying I, I, that I, that's a good point that's, yeah that's yeah a, yeah no, we're, we're in defense mode right now it's, yeah, it's not that yeah. we're making the first move we're in, we're in defense mode right now that's yeah, well said yeah. and, and and freeman just came up with a statement because at the same time they came out the autopsy saying that he had underlying conditions prior to you know everything it's almost like they're trying to like falsify, you know, yeah, no, the cop, yeah, the cop did, you know, he he was on his neck, but this guy had other problems. This, this right. 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 It's just problems, a coincidence you know, that he died the same day. Yeah, it's just coincidence that, yeah, you know, yeah. Which, it, it, which it, we all crazy. know there's no such thing as a coincidence. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And he, was yeah. try, he, was, he was trying to say that, because uh, I watched one of, the, one of his uh, uh, speeches or whatever, he was trying to say that, that uh, excessive force doesn't mean that it's criminal. 
But I'm like, bro, you shouldn't even be bringing that up when a guy yeah. got a knee on somebody's neck for 10 minutes. Yeah. Anybody, yeah. Who, see, anybody who sees the video, if yeah. you want to if, if you wanna know what somebody thinks in their heart, just look at their eyes. And yeah. if you saw his eyes, you, you saw his heart, his heart. That was nothing but criminal. And anybody yeah. who says that, of course, like y'all, y'all have been saying, they're trying to protect, man, because you can't watch that video. And that, that is a good thing. You know, me, me and uh, Pat, we always have these discussions about the good and the bad of social media, right? Um, and Pat brought up a, a very valid point. You know, because there is social media, Ahmaud Arbery um, was, is able to hopefully get justice because there is social media. Um, we were able to see this cop do this to Floyd, right? And I, I've seen I've seen a lot of different different takes on it, where it's like, hey, put put the phone down, and um, you know, come and help me. But yeah, yeah. you know, then nobody else would have seen it, you know, right. and and and, and, yeah. and then nothing would have happened besides. Uh, Floyd died, and then probably the person who had the phone also died. Another person, being arrested. and there's no evidence now. And there's, there's no, no evidence. evidence for what happened. No Is that you know? It, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, man. Yeah, I, that, that, that was a decision. He, that was a decision that he had, and, and that's a hard decision. Do I jump on this cop and try to stop him from killing the guy, and we both get killed, or yeah. do I make sure I keep this on video? You know what I'm saying? And then, so then everybody can see exactly what happened. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So, so I don't condemn the guy either way. He, he, you know what I'm saying? Either, I think I would have just had to die. But I, I can't say that because I was in that, I haven't been in that situation. It's tough. But it's tough, man. Yeah, it's it, tough. It, it's I'll, tough, man. That, no, I was That's saying the Pat same thing saying. earlier. I, I promised yeah. what I was. I'll say, yo, you know, I used to get angry. I'm like, yo, we have all these people recording, but then why isn't anyone stepping up? But I also think, what what would I do if I was in, in that situation? Hypothetically, I can say, yeah, man, I'm going and I'm fighting every cop. But then, then I'm also starting the process, well, now I got a family, right? Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. I go out there and I get killed, who's going to take care of my family? Who's going to take exactly. care of my wife and my three kids, yeah. right? Right. So it's, it's one of those things, man. So that's what, I want to – go go ahead. No, go ahead, Seth. Go ahead. Go okay. ahead. That's why it's important to have young people a part of the, of the movement, too. Yeah. Because mm – -hmm. When you're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, you most likely don't have no family. So your instinct to go and fight, you know what I'm saying, and stand on the front line is a lot more stronger than us at 30-something when we got wives and kids and stuff. We got all these different variables yeah. that's telling us to make the wise decision. Yeah. But when you're younger, you don't have all those variables. Right. So it allows you to fight at a different rate, man. So that's why I like you know, a lot of these young guys who are out here, you know what I'm saying, still on the front lines as far as the rioting and stuff like that, it's like I commend them because they came with that energy that yeah. I don't yeah. have no more. I don't have that that type of energy. I got the next morning go help out energy now. You know what I'm saying? I got the I have a podcast, I'm gonna speak about it now. I got yeah. I can make yeah. a song and rap about it now. Yeah. But I don't have the I'm gonna go stand in the cop face when he got a baton and, and pepper spray and all that energy anymore because my life has changed. You know what I'm saying? So it's like right. it's like, and I heard uh, Dr. Boy, Boyce Watkins say he said sometimes young people need to listen to old people, 
But then there's sometimes where old people got to follow young people lead too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I, I think when that Back. sun go down, you got to follow these young people, man, because yeah. some yeah. of that passion they got is exactly yeah. what we need. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah. Go ahead, so go ahead, can't, go ahead. I, yeah, so can't, I, I want to pivot, man. I wanna, well, first, let me just say, Seth is being humble. Seth said he got a couple uh, of bands. Seth owns his own business. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so we, we after that, we go, hey, I, I, I want people calling you and say, look, we need your service. So after this, you know, we, I want to plug in everything. He's being humble right now. All right. Right. But but uh, but a king. I like, put in I put in uh, I put in an order for some steak today, and uh, I still haven't gotten. Still so ain't given yet. I, I really I really don't know about the value of yeah, that business. A- it was on his way, man. It's on his way. <laughs> so, so, so Kim, I think I think one of the biggest things, right, that anyone can have access to is education, right? And it's one of those things that can transcend any situation. I don't care yeah. who you are, right? Especially the power of Googling and books now. Now, Kim, your platform, you you speak to financial literacy and the importance behind it. So I want to I want to ask you like almost like you could just summarize and kind of push that narrative even more so people listening to this why why financial literacy is so key to everything. Yeah, yeah. So first first before I answer that question, piggybacking off the um, some people got to be there to to videotape the thing. One thing I hate when I watch those videos is I'd be like, so with the with the Ahmaud Aubrey joint when the dude like pans to the left and you can't see nothing else. I'm like, yo, what the cameraman doing, dude? Like, yeah, like there gotta yeah. be some responsibility on the yeah. camera, man. If yeah. you don't hold the yeah. camera, you gotta hold yeah. the camera, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I, I think there definitely gotta be there, somebody there to hold the camera. But, you know, if you listen to this and you get yourself in one of those situations, bro, you gotta videotape the job. You gotta hold that thing, baby. Yeah. Hold you gotta hold it up. Yeah. You gotta get different angles, man. You gotta get different angles, dog. Yeah. Straight up. Boy, <laughs> at least, least bring a tripod with you. Yo, I'm trying to, yo, social media has became the courtroom, dog. Like, without that yeah. video, you're yeah. not going to do process. That, that's the sad part right now. Mm-mm. Now, no Mark Aubrey, those people were out for weeks. For Months. weeks. For months, months. Yeah. since like February time frame, right? Yeah. Before someone said, you know what? Yeah, we got. They called the boys of the, the, you know, and hey, we got some pressure on us, man. We're coming to get you, buddy. Sorry, yeah. sorry about this. Yeah. Yo, right, until right. that video Part came out. Yeah. yeah. You know, Bill. I, we knew it was coming, Bill. Come on over. Bob, uh, right, yeah. I gotta gotta lock you up, Bob. Yeah. You know, right. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah. crazy, man. It's crazy. Thanks. But uh, to to answer your question, so for me, uh, financial literacy and and financial. Um, and economic empowerment is about opportunity. It's about being able to move the way you want to move. It's about less dependency on somebody or some corporation or some employer um, and more about you having the opportunity to move how you want to move with your family. Um, I was talking to to one of my homeboys today and we were talking about um, just how we we wanted people to become less dependent on, you know, anybody else and I was saying like me I'm, I'm in a blessed situation where I'm I'm turning my dependent because I think first you've got to make some income and I was saying I'm, I'm at a point where I'm trying to become even less dependent on my income right trying to be less dependent on my employer and being able to be completely autonomous on myself to be able to do what I want to do move how I want to move so it's about time and opportunity for me so let's 
you find out that your employer is racist, but you got to feed your family. You can't, you can't just up and leave, right? Because you don't have the opportunity. Um, you don't have the, the independency to move how you want to move, right? The way your, where your kid goes to daycare at is, is usually dependent on money. Um, where your kid goes to school at is usually dependent on money. Where you live is usually dependent on money. The type of food options that they have is usually dependent on money. Um, so where we live right now, we have a, you know, continuing, continuing the same theme. We're blessed. We have a nice home. But where we live at right now is a food desert. There is no grocery store around here. And a lot of the people in my neighborhood do not have cars to go to the grocery store that's two, three miles down the road, right? They can't just walk to the grocery store to get food. So uh, a lot of things that we take into consideration that we don't even know about um, are dependent on money. Uh, uh, and the example I like to give is, I never second guessed daycare before I had my son, right? But then after I had my son, the first time we went to drop him off at daycare, I was like, wow, we're going to drop him off at this office building with people we've met one time like with a whole bunch of other kids. And if there's no cameras there, you have no idea what's really going on. Mm -hmm. yeah. Eight hours a day, five days a week. And why? Because you got to go to work. You got to. Yeah. But if you had, if you had the savings to have one spouse or the other spouse or you yourself stay home for the first year or two, the most, um, the most fragile years of your child's life, if you had the financial wherewithal to be able to do that, then you could stay at home with your kids and educate them, bring them up in the most um, fragile years that they have because you have the opportunities because of the, the financial stability and the financial situation that you built for yourself. So for me, to wrap it all up, I think finances, is it's all about opportunities. It's all about being able to move the way you want to move, getting your time back, doing the things that are passionate to you. So, team, yeah. I wanna, I, I wanna, I wanna ask you this: um, within the black community, right? So, what, what's uh, the saying? It goes, uh, "Economic conditions determine social conditions," right? So, within the black community, what you see is these um, these economic conditions that aren't favorable to us are determining our social conditions as well. Um, my question to you is, why is that? And then what is a solution for that? Right. So I, I think uh, a thing people are saying now is, is poverty equals crime, right? Or mm -hmm. poverty equals desperation, right? So if you don't have the money, it, so all right, for when, when the pandemic started, for a lot of people were thinking, oh, I'm going to rush to the store. I'm going to get all these supplies because the supplies might be there if we can't leave the house for an extended period of time. So you don't have the money to go get a six month supply of toilet paper and things are getting desperate. What are you gonna do? You gotta run up in somebody's house, right? Or you gotta go get somebody to give something to you. So when you, when you don't have the money, when you don't have the financial wherewithal, it creates a situation of desperation that you have to do whatever it may be. Rather, it's you got to sell drugs to your brother. Because that's what a lot of uh, former drug dealers will say, or a lot of people that live in the hood, got out the hood, and they're um, advocating for people that sell drugs in their neighborhood. Oh, I, w I had to stand on the corner to find a way to eat, right? So sometimes you'll do desperate things to put food in your mouth to get money 
right? Um, so that's that's kind of what I think it is. It's the the social condition is created by desperation because you don't have that money to feed your family, and when you don't have the money to feed your family, you've got to do whatever you have to do uh, to feed your family. Survival mode, straight yeah. up. Survival yeah. mode, man. You gotta take care of your family. You gotta take care of yourself. You gotta take care of your family. Mm -hmm. Straight up. Said. And then once, once you're once you're in that situation, you gotta do all that. Who do you trust? You don't trust right. The, you don't trust right. the government. You don't trust no corporations. You don't right. Trust down the street. You don't trust the gas station. You don't trust nobody because nobody's mm -hmm. out for you. You're struggling, right? Yeah. The bottom of the bottom. So you you don't trust anybody. Right. Yeah. No. Or agreed. you're going to places that don't. No one looks like you, right? The conversation we had about why people don't trust the banks. I go to the bank to give you X amount of dollars, probably my last savings, whatever the case is. No one in that bank looks like me, right? So I don't trust them, you know. I, I, and I also know about you know banks that are going to foreclosures and, and forfeiting money and so on and so forth. Who, who do I trust, right? It's representation. Right. Representation is not there, so why would I trust it? My bad, AP. I know you got a question for Seth. No, no, no. It, it, it's going to be the same, the same question said, but you know, just I'm, I'm a big believer in, and uh, definitely not giving all my address, but I'm, I am a big believer in having cash savings, man. Um, big, 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 big believer in having cash savings, and I wasn't like that. But I, like I said, um, when I was in college, I worked at a bank. And I understood that, wait a minute, in the vault, we don't have that cash. We have all, all of these different accounts, but we only got a little bit of cash in the vault. And then I was thinking about the economy. Well, then what happens when the economy goes under and these banks can't uh, now give you the money? What do you do? But all of your money is tied into the banks because the banks are saying to trust us. The same thing happened in Greece. And remember with Greece, um, you know, everybody was trying to go to the ATM machine and they cut that off, you yeah. know? So then you had a lot of people struggling and, and even Wells, Wells Fargo, I want to say this was in January or February in Florida. It was a, some type of malfunction happened. Your car didn't work. The ATM didn't work. You couldn't get any money out. So if you only had Wells Fargo and, uh, you, you couldn't even transfer money, right? Because everything now, everybody trusts trust the banks and, 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 and they put everything in there. But I'm big on, you know, hey, at least I, I, I'm not saying have all your savings out, but you got to have some type of cash savings on hand. Right. I, I don't know. I just, I, I just try to, to prepare, I guess, for the worst possible scenario. So that's what, that's what caused me to uh, think like that. But said, same, same uh, question that we asked King, what, what's, to you, what what is the problem, and then what's the solution? Dang, that's heavy. Uh, what's the problem, and then what's the solution? I think the I think the problem is that we need to be more dependent on ourselves as far as black people, and less dependent on um, things that's outside of our culture because. What I've seen is that all, all it is is just a raping of sorts of, of us. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's like we got to use banks, but then we can't get a loan from a bank. It, it, for instance, I'm just personal experience. The bank that I bank with for the business, the, uh, uh, for the Swift delivery business, I couldn't get a loan to get a, another truck. 
So at the same time, it's like, so why am I even banking with y'all? You know what I'm saying? If I can't get a loan, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, why do I even need a bank? You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it's like, it's like, it's like we, we, and, and I, I feel this way about many things. I feel this way about politics. Us as black people, we have to start treating everything like it's a business. Treat everything like it's a business deal. Fact. You know what I'm saying? I don't care if the Democrat candidate comes to my church and sings songs don't with my grandma. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you know, you know a grandma is going to be hooked. <laughs> grandma going to be hooked. Grandma hooked. Baby, you know said, 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 baby. You better vote for that young man, said. You better vote for that young man, said. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's like, nah. It's like, nah, that's cool. You can even be a good guy. I can even like you personally. Right. But yo, what are you going to do for us and our community? And this is what we want for our community. Up. We, have to, we have to start making strong stances. You Straight know what up. I'm saying? And we cannot let how we feel Boom. about people and about certain things get in the way. Yeah. It has to be about us first, man. You know what I'm saying? And that starts with, with you know what I'm saying, financial literacy a lot of the times. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's like I drive through North Minneapolis, which is a predominantly black neighborhood, probably 95% black. And there's a lot of space in there a uh, uh, lot of space for black businesses. There's a lot of just, just open retail space that just has not been occupied for a very long time. And I'm just thinking to myself, I know everybody go to their job and think about some business they can start. I know they do, because I spent my whole life at my job thinking about what business I can start. <laughs> but there has to be, but, but there's a gap between thinking about what business I can start and having enough uh, uh, money to be able to start that business. Yeah. And I think a lot of the loans that white people can go to go to banks and get, black people are not getting that same type of love when it comes to loans. You know what I'm saying? And it could yeah. be, you know, we have a history of bad credit, a history of this, a history of that. But yo, it's like, we need to have more businesses in our own neighborhoods. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that comes, that comes with being able to get $10,000 to start your own place. You know what I'm saying? It don't have to yeah. be a bunch of money, but $10,000 ain't much when you're talking about starting your own business. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. It can get your business started. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we need stuff like that, man. And, and, and what I think is that we're going to need to be at each other's banks in, in, in a sort of way. We're going to have yes, to be sir. each other's crutches. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. We have to look out for each other. And yes, another, thing, another thing, too, like, if you black, and you know how to start a business in one field, don't keep that information to yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I, I, was just I was just sitting here listening to y'all and I was just thinking about it. It's like, it's like you playing a video game and you know you reach the dragon at the end, but you don't know how to beat the dragon. But then your cousin comes over and he's like, oh, you don't know how to beat the dragon? Oh, it's simple. Just press, you know, A, B, A, B, A, C, and then you'll hit him with a death kick or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Right. And then you beat the dragon, and now you know how to tell your whole neighborhood how to beat the dragon. And it's like, I feel like that's what it is. I think when it comes to like delivery and transportation, I know how to beat the dragon. So it's like, if somebody tell me like, yo, I want to buy a couple of vans, or I want to get a dock truck, or I want to get, what should I do? X, Y, and Z, I, I'm gonna know exactly where to tell you where to go and how to get your stuff started and who you need to see and who you need to talk to. You right. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm trying to do the same thing in like media. It's like, I'm trying to figure out 
the internet, you know what I'm saying? So I could be like, oh, boom, here's what you need to do. Da, 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 X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So we can all can make money off of it. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, there's enough yeah. money to go around. But it's like, we all got to help each other out, man, because this depending on, on white people and white establishments and all this type of stuff for everything, for food, for uh, for banking, for, you know what I'm saying? For, for everything, man, it's, it's played out, man. It's 2020. It's 2020. Yeah. It's 2020. Yeah. Well, what about, what about you, Pat? Problem, you know what I'm saying? Same thing, problem. Every, yeah, everything well said, honestly. I, it goes back to ownership. Mm -hmm. uh, it goes back to the power of group economics and people mm -hmm. actually subscribing to it and, yeah. and not being fragmented. The problem with, you know, black culture, black people that were so fragmented, even what said mentioned earlier, that's the example of being fragmented. I have yeah. the information on how to do X, Y, Z. Why, why am I not sharing it? Why, why don't I share it with people? Hey, you know what? The, the number one route to have, you know, uh, equity in anything is ownership. So I'm going to show you how to buy a house and actually buy in a good neighborhood where the trajectory in over the next 10 years is going to get you equity, right? Akeem yeah. and I talk about that all the time. Akeem is, is a big advocate for it. You go to his platform now, Solutions Group, that's all they talk about mm -hmm. is how to build those, you know, build those into it. So I, I'll, 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 I'll surmise it with that, but I'm going to say something that my, my boy D told me, my boy Darrell, I think. <laughs> mutual friend of ours. Darrell hit me with this one time, man. So we're, we're reading this book uh, by Angel Rich. Uh, it was The Power of the Black Dollar. Uh, it, might, it might be The History of the Black Dollar, whatever the case is. I read it last year, so it's a solid book. And you got it, King. He got it. My G. My G. <laughs> History of the Black Dollar. All right? So she goes in. In fact, you also research her. Her name's Angel Rich. Actually, they coined her as the, the next thing Jobs. <coughs> Just, just for just financial literacy, she took it to the next level. She, she's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. But in there, it talks about Black Wall Street and how they tore it down and so on and so forth. So he and I are going back and forth. And I, you know, at the time we're reading, they were just angry. And this is what he mentioned. He said, well, you have to understand, because she writes saying that the Black dollar stays in the Black community for six hours. Mm. So that means that if I get paid at 12 AM when, the, when it drafts into my account, by the time I wake up, I'm going somewhere else and spending it with, 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 with other people, right? Other, other, uh, other races, all right? Versus Asians, white people, Jews specifically, what she mentions in the book, it stays there for a couple of weeks. And, and I've seen different things. Her book says that it stays there for a couple of weeks. I've seen some say that on, on average, uh, in, in Asian community stays there for 17 days. The problem, the, what happens with that is because, and, and Dee said this so eloquently, he said, the problem is, is that black people don't have a basis right? Jews, Asians, they have a culture that is so tied into their spirit and so on and so forth. There's no, there's no divorce in the two of them, right? Jewish communities, I go somewhere else. I know I don't have to ask questions on, hey, is this, is this culture? Is this anything else? They know a culture. They know that it is because someone, my, my fellow brother cooked this for me, right? right. It sounds, sounds, sounds high level, but what it, what it goes down is to is ownership and is about being belonging of a community to where I could go to a black, um, supermarket. I could go to a Black-owned gas station. I could go to a Black-owned uh, pharmacy. I could go to a Black-owned bank within a certain radius. If we do that now, I have to drive to the, the closest Black-owned bank to us is in Danville, and that's four hours away. Wow. Right? I'm not yeah. going to Danville to deposit my check. No way. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not driving four hours yeah. for that. So I don't <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'll spend my check on the way down there again. Right. You know what I mean? But it, it, long story short, man, it, it's a, it, at, the, at the crux of everything, the basis of it is all about ownership. I don't care how you look at it. You know, it's all about ownership and it's all about group, group economics. And trust me, brothers and sisters, like said, said, yo, to share, share that wealth, man. That knowledge is powerful. 
Mm-hmm. And that was powerful, man. Once you get that knowledge, they can't take it from you. Right, right. There's yep. a there's a there's a little Italy, there's little Korea, there's there's little everything, little yeah. yeah, little everything, bro. Little Chinatown, like, but there's no little Africans, bro. Straight up. Gotta, Straight up. Gotta address that problem. Straight yeah. up. Yeah. And you know, so I think, and I, I'm actually coming from, I'm coming from a different standpoint, but the the point that I'm coming from, I feel like is the roof, right? Where the problem and the solution is the same. And that's the black family, right? And more specifically, putting the black dad back into the family, right? Because what has happened is that the black dad has been removed from the community. You know, there's many reasons why this has happened. Um, you, I, I've seen, I've seen, um, I saw, I saw a meme. Not, no, it wasn't a meme. It was a, a TikTok. And the, he was a teenager, um, some white boy, and he was doing some type of thing that they're doing. And he was like pouring water into a glass and one of them, and it, it was creating um, the N-word, right? And one of one of his things was no dad, right? Um, I didn't even care about any of that. None of that even offended me, right? It was, but but I look at everything and I and I, I take from. It. I'm like, what can I learn from? It? If I get offended, then I'm in my emotions. I don't learn anything. What can I learn from it, right? Everything else he said, I'm like, you know what? You're ignorant. You know, all, all of it was ignorant. But one of, one of the things he said that, that struck me, that bothered me, because things bother you when there's truth to it, yeah. is that um, no dad, no father. So when you start digging into the data, every seven out of 10 moms in the black community are single moms, right? Versus when you go to the, uh, and, and, and I, I got to, Hispanics is like six out of 10, right? So minority groups, you see that when you go to the white community, it's only like two out of 10, right? So over time, what has happened, when you look at the divorce rate and the families before the civil rights movement and after the civil rights movement, it's very astonishing to see because before the civil rights movement, there was barely any, any divorce, barely any single mothers in the African-American community versus now we're seven out of 10. So when we talk about economics and we do, a mo- everything for us is about mommy minute, right? Like making sure that moms also have a platform to be heard because we understood yeah. just by watching our wives, like right. how many hats a mom has to wear. And then right. again, we go into watching what our moms had to do. And then, you know, as an adult, we realize, man, that's a lot, you know? So think about a single mother. So I think about economic disadvantage and you and really in the black community is 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 divided. You have married and then you have single parents, right? If you look at the married individual more times than not, they are doing a lot better, you know, mm-hmm. than the single family. So we're talking about um, you know, the the economic uh situation within our community, and that's where just look right there. When you are a single mother and you have a child and you have no support, right? What are you supposed to do, right? It's hard to work because uh, a lot of times as a single 
a single mother, they, they become single mothers when they're really, really young, right? So you, you probably don't have that degree or that, that good career where you have a good paying job and you have maternity leave and everything else. You're probably working at, um, you know, um, uh, retail store, whatever it is, and you're really making just a little bit above minimum wage. So then what happens? What happens is, okay, you don't have maternity leave, so you can't work there anymore. So then what do you turn to? You turn to the government for help, you turn to welfare, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the saddest thing that I've ever heard as a counselor was when a young girl came into my office and, you know, I've been, I've been pushing her. So we were, we were talking about her, her, like the next level. What does that look like? Right. And she was, she, she was just tired. She goes through a lot at home. And the one thing that she told me, she said, you know what? Um, I think I'm just going to uh, collect a welfare check. Like, like my mom, you know, have kids collect a welfare check. Like my mom, because my mom doesn't have to do anything and she still gets money coming in, right? Talk, when we talk about systematic, what is more systematic than that? Because mm -hmm. if they get off of welfare, the jobs that they can get will pay them less than what they get from welfare. Because with welfare, you, you also get uh, EBT and everything else, man. So, so it's a system to keep you barely, bar barely above water. But it's, it's like this system of welfare for a lot of these single moms is better than trying to go get a job at McDonald's, right? So then yeah. the mindset then continues to be created. And when you think about family, right? Uh, family shapes a child's, what is it? Family shapes a child's character and their ability okay so if that's the case and when you as an adult you conduct yourself from the things that you learned as a child then it becomes generational you know what i mean so the same way that the black that the black man and the black dad has been removed from the family we have to now figure out a way to get the black dad back into the family and back into the community because if you think about the family structure, you take away the dad from the family, what happens? The family suffers. Now, let's think about a, a community. And within this community, uh, out of seven out of 10 families, there's only three dads, right? Then the community suffers. You know what I mean? So what has to happen is that what we have to do is figure out a way to unite and make sure that everybody is on the same page everybody has the same voice, right? And one voice, when I think about Martin, when I think about Malcolm, I think about the same thing. Both of them died, right? Now, what happened after Martin died? Everybody was in disarray. What happened after Malcolm died? Everybody who, who was following him was in disarray. So when I, when I talk about one voice has to be created, it's not one voice from one person, it's one voice of many. So if something happens, God forbid, Somebody talking out, boom, he gets, he gets off. It, it matters, but it doesn't matter because everybody is now thinking and moving the same way. It is so important. It is so important to have family. And when, I, and when I say family, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I have to be authentic and speak my truth. I mean, the mom and a dad, like that's what I mean. Because we have all of these young boys growing up again without fathers and what happens, the, the conduct that they grow up with, the, the, the character that they, that they develop. Girl, why are you naked in the, 
Amina, go put on some clothes, man. Okay, I'm on. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit this whole thing out. Yo, hey, hey. come and get your daughter. She comes, hey, she comes out here naked. Run. You on the road too, man. Look, <laughs> Lord have mercy, boy. I'm gonna have to figure out a way to. Yo, he came down here to jump. I said, "Who is this naked person behind that me?" That is <laughs> funny, dog. That is funny. <laughs> I'm on dad, dad. Hey, girl, <laughs> you don't get up. <laughs> oh, the chain. They get her. Man, the, you know, the, the, the caused me to lose my thought, man. But anyway, <laughs> basically, man, you know, we have to Lord have mercy. I can't even think anymore. The family, the family has to come back together, man. Yeah, the family yeah, has yeah. to come back together. The, you know, within that, there's, there's so much. So when, um, when like I look at like some, some, some people say, well, racism is, is a problem. Yes, racism is definitely a problem. Discrimination is a problem. Yes, it's definitely a problem, but it's not the problem, right? It's a problem. The problem is the black family is divided. We need to have a roof, right? The black family has to be together because what happens is when we're together, that's it. It's strong. It's a tie. Look, when any in any in any given household, right? If the house is divided, it's going it's gonna end up collapsing, right? So if mom and dad can't get along, they're always butting heads, what happens? The kids yeah. kids see that. So if if the kid wants a piece of candy, right, and he goes to mom, and mom says no, it's like, bet. Well, I'm getting ready to go to dad, because I know that dad don't really like you. And I know that dad is going to say yes, just to spite you, right? Mm -hmm. But what the kid sees is a divided front, right? So the kid knows, as a kid, that I can come in and continue to split them apart by creating chaos, right? And then I get to get what I want. All I have to do is create this type of chaotic situation for me to get what I want. But if mom and dad are yeah. one person and mom and dad move as one person, when the kid comes to mom and the mom says, no, the kid doesn't need to go to dad because the kid already knows. Well, when I hear mom's voice, I hear dad's voice. So then what, what happens to the kid? Then the kid starts to act like mom and dad. So then the family then becomes nothing but a unit and they become one. So when you, so when you hear the mom, you hear the dad. When you hear the dad, you hear the mom. When you hear the mom, you hear the dad, then you hear the kid. When you hear the kid, you hear the dad, you hear the mom. Everybody mm -hmm. becomes one, right? And, I, I'm, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big on the Bible. I can't hide that, right? And what, what it teaches us, when you talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you know, three in one, right? Everything's about the family. Everything is about the family, but not just about the family. Everything's about becoming one with the family where two people come together, they become one person. Because when mm -hmm. you become one person, you're teaching, you are, you are now teaching the same thing. They're not getting two different things. So that's what has to happen with the black community is the black community has to become one. But the only way to do that is the first be is the first make sure that the families are together and the families are tight, right? Yeah. yeah. What, what one thing one thing that I I, I just uh, remember uh, and um, I'm dealing with it now with my wife, uh, but it's just like you know our, our generation is like I I I I've dated a lot of women who never had fathers in the home. Oh. You know what I'm saying? And it's like the way that they 
react to a black male is yep. totally different than the way that a woman acts if she had a mom and dad in the home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it, it, so it's like when a dad is not in the home, not only does it affect the way that his former wife or baby mother, whoever acts, but it, it, it affects the way that the kids is brought up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the way that they will react with with uh, men when they get older. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it was like, we're at the time now where it's like, we can break, and the people are younger than me, we can break a lot of these cycles. Sure. Just sure. by being married, yeah. we can break a lot of these cycles, man. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Even a lot of the, the drug abuse and a lot of these yeah. things like that, we can break a lot of these cycles. And, yeah. and like AP said, man, it starts with the black family. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, life is it. much easier. And to be honest with you, I only only been married for a year and a half. Life is much easier when you marry. You know man, what I'm look. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was about to say, wrong. say you tripping. Yeah. <laughs> I was say you tripping, tripping. <laughs> hey, that's hey, that's for another conversation. Now nah, I'm playing dog. Honeymoon. <laughs> hey, 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 you honeymooning right now, man? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you chilling? Hey, call, hey, call me, call me a, a year and a weekend. <laughs> hey, I would tell you what, my I have not won an argument in a year and a half. You're not my gonna win wife, them. My wife. Is tough. Let me tell you, man. Is tough, man. And, and, and when you think you want them, you didn't win because no, no, the whole house is on. cold. Right, yeah, the man, house is look, cold. Man, look, look. I used to say, you know, there is no such thing as a happy wife, happy life, because the husband got to be happy too, Bruh, Let me tell you something. <laughs> if I walk in the house and I got an attitude, the house still running, like it's, it's running, running, running still fine. If Amy walk in the house and something wrong, dog, the whole house black. Dog. Everything cold. The only thing that I'm trying to figure out is, yo, how in the world do I fix this so dog. then the house can clear up again? That's it. That's real, That's man. Hey. man I, I, I'm going to put some... Uh, uh, my wife, I don't know if she's going to hear this or not, but it's whatever. So, so I, I told and her... We're going to edit this out. We're going to edit this all out. <laughs> no, we're not. I, no, we're not. <laughs> I told her I'm like, yo, uh, uh, I'm like, yo, my brother wants to go down to the, uh, you know, the demonstrations or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, go down to the, uh, you know, uh, the protesting and stuff or whatever. And uh, so uh, she was like, I low-key want to go down there too. So within this conversation, we, I, I missed the fact that she wanted to go. Like, but in my head, I'm thinking, I'm going to go down there with my brother and make sure that everything is safe enough Right. for her to go. So I'm being a protector. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. But my wife is not used to nope. having to ask people, right. or having to ask a, a guy, yeah. you know what I'm saying, for permission to do stuff. Yeah. And it's like, she's gotten so much better over the time we've been dating up yep. until now. I mean, yep. she's gotten way better. That's but amazing. every once in a while, it's like, bruh, I ain't got to ask you. I'm just letting you know. You know what I'm saying? Yo. And it's like, and it's like what you so, heard. Right, exactly. So I, I, I kind of put my foot down, and I'm like, yo, you're not going out there. Yeah. I'm going to wait. I'm going to check and see, see what's going on. And then when I get back, we can go. Right. And, man, when I got back, this place was so dark, so cold, man. man I said, I guess we ain't going nowhere tonight. Hey, no. look, hey. It's hey, let me tell you something, man. When, when, when your wife, it, when when she gets that point across, man, and and, and it, it is it falls on deaf ears. 
the house gets real cold. Fellas. <laughs> yes. It gets, it gets oh, real man. cold. I don't care what, what the temperature is outside. It's a cold night, fellas. It's cold. But, real. but you know what, man? I think that, that our own music, too, has also destroyed us, right? And when um, I say that, I hear, you know, the song that a lot of our – uh, women here, which is, you know, I-E-N-D-E. I don't, sometimes I don't even know how to spell independent. If it wasn't for that song, I still wouldn't know, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> but then, you know, but remember, you know, they're all, they're, they're all talking about, I think it's a Beyonce song, you know, uh, what's it called? All My Single Ladies. Oh, She's for the yeah, I might, but I might, but wait a minute. She's married. So then when, you know, I'm picturing, and I, I used to see this, is in the club back in, you know, the day, the college days and stuff, man, you know, I, I would see them singing this, all the single ladies, I mean, I mean, getting ramped up. Next thing you know, they, they walking out the club, they look lonely because single ain't fun. Single, single is not fun. And it's, and you know, when, when you, when, when you look at black men, right? Like said, said a lot of, a lot of our, a lot of our women grew up in a, a single a single parent home, just like a lot of the black men. So they grew up not trusting the black man, right? Um, so what so what has to happen is that trust has to be earned. Rightfully so, right? Mm -hmm. But 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 I mean that also goes both ways, but it has to be earned to where, for instance, with me, with me and um, Amy, am I am I the head of the house? Yes. But it's not because I'm putting my foot on her neck. It's because she trusts me to make the right decision. Right? There we go. And with that, and with the decisions that are made, I also go to her and like, and we sit down and we make the decision together, right? And then she trusts me to make the final call. So when, you know, I say something, she listens because she knows that everything that I'm saying or doing is going to be out of love. But it's not like it's, it's me saying, hey, we're going to do this. And she's like, okay, no. She knows she has just as much say as me, but everybody knows. See, here goes the problem, right? Is that within the black family, it's all it's it's like a, a struggle for headship, right? Everybody knows that within families, there has to be order. It's life. Every there has to be order. There has to be order. So when I say that I'm the head, what happens is you'll you'll have a lot of a lot of people that'll look at that and may even say that that's sexist but it's not sexist if we're one person because she'll tell you the same thing. And she's very strong, very, very, look, very headstrong, very smart, very intelligent. So what had to happen was I had to earn that title. I had to earn it. It wasn't given, man. Like, yes, I'm stronger than, than her physically. So when we, when we talk about strength, which a lot of men sometimes revert to, it's like, yes, I can overtake her in that in, in that way. But remember, just because somebody's like power is given, right? So she gives me the ability to make these decisions because she trusts me and because I earned her trust. And I, I also give her the ability to make the decisions because I trust her and she's earned my trust. So what we have to stop doing is looking at e each other and saying, okay, Who's going to be the leader? You know, forget about the word. You know, it's just a word. It's just noise. I'm the head. What does that, what does that even mean? All it says is there's order, there's structure. In business, there's structure. Mm -hmm. 
if you go and you and you go to a lot of I, I have a lot of uh, white neighbors and I go in the home, there's structure. But within us, there's no structure. It's always like a battle. And it doesn't have to be, but it's on both of us, right? It's also on our black men to get it together, man. We we have to get together. And what I see with this generation is that we're trying. Yes, look, we have come from 400 years, so we're, we're definitely playing catch-up, right? We're playing catch-up. But now I'm tired, of, I'm tired of saying, yo, how do we... How do, how do we survive, right? It's always yeah, about, yeah. We're, we're always throwing that word around, survival. We, we don't live in the jungle. It's no longer about survival. It's how, how can we thrive from yeah. this situation, yeah. right? Wow, yeah. We have to be about thriving. And that's why when I see a solution and I look at even the four of us, I'm like, yo, this, this can't just be a conversation where we're all sitting here talking and it's, it's a great talk. And yeah. then afterwards, it's like, man, remember that, that you know, two, you, yeah. you know, it'll be two, yeah. three years from that. Yo, remember that, uh, remember that Zoom meeting that that we had, Pat, with Akeem, and said, man, that was great. Why didn't anything come from that? Yeah, it right. has to be right. action put behind it. Yeah. And sometimes when we get caught up with emotion, again, emotion is just for the moment. So when that emotion is over, the moment's over, right? Yeah. But that's why with these things, and I think. I think all of us agree that we can't get caught up in the moment. In, in the moment, we have to logically think so then we can logically plan. So again, I think yeah. the problem and the solution is the exact same, which is the black family and specifically bringing the black dad back into the family like into and the back picture. into the community. Yep. We're, let's, uh, we're getting, getting about two hours, man. Let's go try to wrap this up. I'm, I'm going to ask you another okay. question, man. Ask you another question. Um, Typically, we get on here and we, we ask, you know, moms to kind of give their last piece to other moms, right? But I'm, I'm going to challenge us as a black man, and I'm asking everyone individually, what is something that you want to challenge other brothers and sisters listening to this conversation? What's something you want to a call, a call to action of some sort to say, hey, we want you to go back in the community and do X, Y, Z. So I'm, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to start with you, Seth. Hey, uh, <laughs> look, look, Sand is like the uh, kid in the class who's waiting for somebody else to go first. They got time to think about the answer. Right, so, uh, so, what page we on? You want me to go first? I can go first. <laughs> no, no, no. I got it. Right. I got it, man. Um, man, I, 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 just, <laughs> I just think it's, it's really important for us to own our own businesses man yeah and so um because you could let's see I've, I've had a record label for let me see 2007 so yes yeah, it's going on 13 years which i haven't really been truly running it for maybe like the past three or four years i'm just trying to kind of getting out of that uh area but um but being able to operate your own business and be able to make money off your own business and not have to depend on anybody else to, to um, somebody else to tell you when you can take a vacation. Somebody else to tell you, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it just, it makes it, it makes it, it's, it's a huge difference, and it, it, it changes the way you carry yourself. You know what I'm saying? Even the way that um, I allow myself, I allow myself to be talked to from mm. other people. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's like it's like now it's like, don't get me wrong. It, there were times where. 
you know, when I worked at uh, certain corporations, when I worked at the state and stuff like that, things would happen. And I would say, you know, I'm going to hold my tongue on this because I got to pick and choose my battle. I, I don't hold my tongue at all no more. Yeah. They won't smoke. They can get it because yeah. I own my own business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's like, that's the way I, I, uh, uh, I would challenge it. It's, it's like, there's nothing wrong with, you know, working, working somewhere and then having your own business on the side too, if that's what you want to yeah. do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It all depends on what works best for you and what, what, what works best for your family. But I think we should all have a, a, a area of, a, of life and an area of income that we can make money and generate money and that nobody can take that away from us. Because when you, when you get fired or if you get laid off or anything happens, you still are able to make your own money and take care of your family. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and there's a true independent spirit that comes out of it when you own your own business. You know what I'm saying? So I just want black people, black men, to right. own more businesses and be able to pass it down to their children. You know what I'm saying? Well said. Well said. Yeah. Right. King. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think what I would say is you got to be accountable. Um, for things to change, you must change, right? So whatever situation you're in is because of the decisions that you've made. Success or failure isn't a, isn't a one event things. It's a, it's a accumulation of good or bad decisions that you've made. So you've got to be accountable for the, the current stage of life that you're at, your current situation that you're in. And you've got to hold yourself accountable. And if you want things to get better, you have to get better. Success isn't the money that you get, it's the person that you become on that journey to be successful. Uh, so hold yourself accountable. And then from a financial st standpoint, your wealth, your income, what you make is a direct correlation of the value you bring the people or the marketplace. If you focus on, focus on helping people, you'll never have to worry about how much money you're making. The reason Steve Jobs is one of the wealthiest people in the world, the reason why Jeff Bezos is one of the wealthiest people in the world is because they provide value to so many people. Because I have an iPhone, mm. somebody on this mm. call probably has an iPhone because I got something from Amazon yesterday, the day before and the day before that. So the yeah. more people you help, the more people you touch, the more people you reach, the more people you provide value to, the wealthier you get. And again, the better person you become along the way. Mm -hmm. I love that. So that's, yo, I like that. Very that's well that's a t-shirt. God, leave Very boy. well said. Very well said. <laughs> I like that. Mm -hmm. AP hit us with some facts, man. I know you got something in your pocket. Man, a look, AP man. facts. A <laughs> a a APism, man. Look, for me. APism. <laughs> and hit him with APism. <laughs> for me, man, everything, everything comes down to two things, moments and vision, right? When uh, I think about moments, and I, I, I've talked to Pat about this before, Think about, think about today, everything in your life, if you can just, just start connecting the, the dots backwards, everything in your life, good and bad, has led all four of us up to this point right now where we're sitting here and we are talking to each other, right? So that's why I'm big on maximizing the moments, right? Let's, let's, let's start to, to, to disconnect, to reconnect. And that's something that we have to do, especially as a black community, disconnect so we can reconnect with each other, man. And by that, we can grow. Once we reconnect, let's start looking at vision, right? Because vision gives us the ability to see a future that our eyes cannot. And that's the main thing. We gotta have vision. If you wanna be successful, you have to first have a vision. 
where, 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 it's like this, where do you, where do you see yourself? You have to look into your heart to see it because your eyes can't. So you have to create a future that does not exist yet, but one that you know is there. And one that you know that you have the, the ability to be able to create, right? Because with vision, you find your purpose. And with purpose, you understand your passion. Sometimes people have a passion that's not their purpose. So forget about that because that's not what you were put here to do. Everybody was given a God-given unique gift, right? For the time period that you were born in. What is your gift? Figure it out. A lot of, a lot of us don't take the time to really try to understand what our true gifts are. We try to get somebody else's gift. That's their gift, right? If somebody can sing and you have a passion for singing, but you can't sing, that's not your gift. Therefore, it shouldn't be your passion because it's not your purpose. And if you try to align your vision within that, you're going to fail. Your purpose and your passion have to be directly aligned with your vision. And in order to understand your vision, you have to take time and disconnect from things that distract you. And right now, the reason why so many people lack a true vision is because they're constantly distracted. So both of them, to me, are really one in the same. Once you get rid of one, you find the other, right? And if you are going to be distracted, be distracted by something that's also going to help you with your vision, right? Get yourself lost into something that's also going to help you accomplish your vision, right? Purpose is every everybody has a purpose the scariest thing that i ever heard was um i was listening to somebody and they said the the scariest thing to them is being on their deathbed and before they die the person that they could have became comes mm -hmm. to visit them every time i think about that that gives me goosebumps because what that says is that who you are now if you aren't walking in your purpose and your vision is, is this is not who you were supposed to be. You were born for a, and I know, you know, it's very cliche to say everybody was born for a reason, but of course you were born for a reason. You were born to create something. And a lot, and a lot of the, the wealthy people know that, but they also know that the more people that create, sometimes the less wealthy they become. So they need to create something and try to monopolize it right and try to keep you working for them so they can continue to grow and you continue to shrink but that's why you have to have a vision to be able to step out of that everybody is created uniquely everybody is created for something and all we have to do is figure out what that something is and then we start to walk in it when we start to walk in it then we'll start to understand truly what our life is supposed to be about because the one thing and this is something that i always talk to pat about I said, man, the, 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 the thing I, the, the biggest thing I take away, not the biggest, but one of the things I, I take away from Christ when I think about purpose is that the, you know, the three words that he said when he died on the cross was it is finished. So to me, that's powerful because it means that he completed the task, the journey that he was put here to do. When I think about someone like John the Baptist, right after he baptized Jesus uh, a few days or weeks later, his, he was decapitated. Why? Because his purpose, purpose was complete. Yeah. He mm -hmm. fulfilled his purpose. And the one thing that I want to do on my deathbed is to be able to look up with a smile and say, it is finished, man, because I did what I was supposed to do. So in order for me to be able to do that, I have to be able to be able to uh, connect with myself and be aligned with that so I can know and I can always seek 
out what my vision, what my purpose is through my vision. Yeah. APism. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> APism. <laughs> I'm going to keep mine short, man. To all the black men out there, you see another brother, hey, just smile at them, dog. Just mm. smile at them. You pass them going to the gas stations, passing to the grocery stores, whatever the case is. Everyone has a heavy burden on them right now. Yeah. You smile at them, say, head nod. You don't even have to right. talk. If you don't want to talk, just hit them with a head nod. Right. That is it, man. That's it. But also, also understand that they may not smile back. Don't get offended. You know what I mean? <laughs> and keep it moving. Just, <laughs> keep yeah, it was all good. Don't be offended. Don't be offended. Hey, but hey, uh, fellas, we appreciate y'all for coming on here, man. This I know there's a lot going on right now. This is something that we we wanted. This is something we needed. Um, th this was love. This was love. You know, yeah, different different topics than we typically talk about, but I I think we needed this. Absolutely. I think we needed this. So Absolutely. so uh, let's, let's go down the list. Akeem, tell people where to follow you. You know, where follow your business, follow your your blog, everything. Yeah. So. Um, Business website is startingtheconvo.com. Uh, starting the like conversation, but shorten the convo. So startingtheconvo.com. And then on Instagram, we're at the solutions group. Love it. Said, I'll let us. Uh, 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 on Instagram, Twitter, I'm at said Linus, uh, C E D L I N U S. Um, yeah, and uh, we got the podcast, uh, Let's Argue. Uh, you can check that out on uh, Apple Podcast, e everywhere, Spotify, uh, Our Heart uh, Radio, everywhere, and uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Swift delivery. What about Swift? Swift delivery. Yeah, yeah. And Swift delivery. And Swift delivery. That's a delivery business, man. If you need anything local, holler at us. Uh, Respect. Respect. Uh, yeah, we still doing music, pledging power records. You know what I'm saying? So whatever, man. You 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 need it, I got it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what? I, I gotta actually give a shout out to Sid because before before I got the pod the, the before we we got the uh, the podcast up, I sent Sid a text. I was like, yo, how do you uh how are you how are you doing the podcast? What do you use? And Sid said earlier, when he has knowledge, he freely gives it. It yeah. was no hesitation. It was like, yo, anchor, boom, 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 boom. Hey, Seb, what type of what type of mics do you use? Boom, boom, boom. Like respect, no respect. hesitation at all. So you know, um, we really wouldn't be doing this if Seb hadn't given me that. So you know, but, you, I, but when you dropped when you dropped the first episode, yeah, I hit you up and you I did. told you how proud I was yep, of y'all, yeah. man, because. I, I love it when people have an idea and they, they want to do something and then they actually go and do it. You know what I'm yep, saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely, That's love. man. That's love. Yeah, love. Yep, yep. love. And I'm a faithful listener, too. I listen oh, yeah. to every single episode. No, Sam plugs through. in. Sam plugs yeah. in every time. Yeah. And also, Akeem does, too. Yeah, yeah, yo, can't, yeah. yo, that's yeah, like love, man. that's love, man. That's love. Yeah, you know what's the crazy part is though, not to get long one day, it was so crazy going into this platform because you know, with the title Mommy Men, you think it'll be all a bunch of moms listening to it and so on and so forth. It's, it's actually sixty-seven percent men that listen yeah. to to the podcast. Yeah. So okay. there, there's a message out there. So it's not it's just love. Yeah. It's just love, man. It, it shows is. a power yeah. broadcast too. Yeah. yeah last yeah. Th this is this is the last fun fact. I don't know where it is <laughs> in the archive, but I got uh, a 16 on one of uh, said songs from back in the day. 
<laughs> I gotta find it. I, I gotta, gotta find that joint up there. <laughs> he was talking foul too. What I, I had, had to ask God to forgive me. I said, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> respect, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Hey, yep. once again, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mommy Minute. It's your co-host, Pat Crawford. And hey, you know the co-host, AP. Hey, signing off. <laughs>